And we're recording. We're on. Hello, and welcome to Leap of Faith podcast. Uh, this is Lorraine and Jeremiah, your hosts for today. Hey, hey. Hey, Jeremiah, how you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? I am well. I'm very good. Yes, late in the afternoon, but I'm glad that we're finally back together after two yeah. weeks. <clears throat> I know it's been a little bit of time, but yeah, yeah, it's exciting to get back. It is exciting to get back, and we get to give uh, our listeners a little bit of something more than just me and my monotone <laughs> reading. Not monotone. <laughs> You're far from it. Well, that's good. I hope I, I keep them captivated. I don't know if I do or not, but it is what it is. And God's going to use it for his glory. So Amen. Amen. I'm okay with that. So. so it's been a crazy couple of weeks, right? It has been. Yeah. yeah. It's been crazy. I think I think I was in San Antonio. I think we already talked about that. Right. And uh, got back here and hit the ground running as usual. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then uh, everybody knows that I was in Hawaii for right. about a week. So that was interesting trying to get that. <laughs> you know, it was easy back in November or December the last time I was there because I was by myself. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was easier to schedule and get myself on track to keep it going. But this time, it, the whole family was there. Yeah, so, yeah, you know that was a little challenging to try to get it done. Plus, I was working on my father-in-law's house, doing some stuff there, and so it was. Uh, but it was beautiful there, as always. Very nice. What are you doing down there? What are you doing? I had to turn my heater down. You have a heater going on. Yes. Is it that cold? No. Are you that cold? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's weird. Just there are certain times I get cold and yeah, I got a little heater under my desk and uh, you saw me kind of reaching for it. I was turning it off because yeah, because so I'm cheap and I keep the house cold. Yes. In the winter, right? Yep. So I have my little personal heater here in my office and it's not cold, but I feel cold, so. You know, uh, I thought you were reaching for the dog or something, you know, like I thought you were petting, petting the dog. Don't you have a dog or cat? Uh, I have both, yes, but I, I don't even know if the dog's in here. Oh. The my cat's not. My poor little Loki got back from the kennel and he got a little UTI going on. I felt so bad for him. Well, we had, of course, when Randy got married a couple of weeks ago, and we had visitors in, and our cat was deciding to just pee, and we thought maybe it was a UTI. <laughs> it turns out, no, it wasn't. Um, some cats experience um, anxiety, I guess, and they their bladder enlarges. Oh. And so that's what happened, and she was peeing everywhere just to because she was not happy that people were in our house. You know, that's why I don't do cats anymore. You could not pay me to have another cat ever, ever, ever again. And it's been a good cat. And she, I don't know. I guess she's just getting older and that threw her for a little loop. And Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happens. That does. My, I had a cat, my, my little Charbonne. She was a little gray cat. And I had her for about 18 years. Oh, wow. So, that's a long yeah. time. It was a very long time. She was a she was a really good cat, but yeah, towards the end, she was doing you know things. She couldn't get herself to the cat box and stuff like that. And I don't, you know, some people are all about, and I, I'm not judging anybody, but they're all about spending a whole lot of money to try to find out what's wrong with the cat or the dog. I love animals. I love my animals, but I don't foresee spending a lot of money to figure it out yeah. that just is not in my i mean you know and i'm not trying to be callous or anything like that but animals die people die plants die everything eventually is going to die so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to spend thousands of dollars like oh my gosh i know so, that's hard that's so this little cat charbon when i was living in florida 
something we had no idea at the time we had no idea what had happened to her but she came i i'd let her out to go do her thing she was an outdoor cat and she came back and the whole i don't remember which side of her head it was but it was like a bloody mess her eye her head i mean just a bloody mess we scooped her up we took her to the now that was an emergency that was like i that i i conceded obviously i didn't there was nothing i could do i wasn't a veterinarian Right. I have no idea what happened, but it blinded her. So her eye looked like it was like a marble, you know, whatever, like the the, right. the the retina detached from it. So she was blind. And they're like, oh, we can either put a prosthetic eye in there so it looks normal, or we can take the eye out and sew it up. And I'm like, well, how much is all that going to cost? I know. And they're like, <laughs> I go, how much is that going to cost? And I'm like, I mean, thousands. They're talking about thousands of dollars to replace this cat's eye. And I'm like, I was in college. I couldn't afford that. I'm like, right, no. Right. So I said, well, what happens if we don't do anything? And I'm like, well, she'll probably heal up. And they gave us, you know, medicine to give her and all this. Wow. And they're like, but she runs the risk of uh, getting glaucoma. And I'm like, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. She never got glaucoma. Yeah. 10 years later, she was still fine. That was not what killed her, you know, but anyway, um, yeah, I just, I can't see pouring that kind of money, you know, so, so luckily we had some antibiotic left over from something else that Loki had had. I don't know what it was. <clears throat> And so Rich looked at the bottle and he's like, well, it says to take it twice a day for 14 days. He goes, I think we have enough in here to do that. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's all he needs is an antibiotic to get rid of the UTI. Right. He's right. already feeling better. I mean, he's already good, good. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, listeners out there. Uh, <laughs> we we kind of went on a rant here. By the way, uh, welcome to all of you out there who are yes. listening to our craziness. Um, <laughs> And we're thankful that you're out there uh, listening and part of the journey of reading a chapter a day. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, Jeremiah and I, we can talk forever. Oh, and gosh. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? Well, we did the other day. We were going to record this earlier in the week and we hadn't talked in a while. So we just ended up chatting for <laughs> a long time. It's like, oh, wow. We're out of time. <laughs> we ran out of time. It got too late. And we realized, you know, you had to go pick up Brady. I was yeah. getting ready to pick up Gabriel. And, you know, you were talking about getting busy this week because there's so much going on. But I, I can relate to that. Even though I'm not a an outside working person, it just felt I'm, I had my, my painter. Oh, my painter shows up. I'm getting my, my cabinetry painted in my bathroom. Right. But I wanted to wait till after um, I got back from Hawaii to get it done. Well, I dragged my feet on picking a color. So I was like frantic, you know, yesterday morning trying to pick out the color. And I was down to two colors that were so similar. And I'm sending the pictures to my sisters. And I'm like, what? Well, can you see the difference? And, you know, which one do you, you know, do you think? And Right, anyway, right. I finally picked one and they're like, oh, that's a good choice. I, that'll look good. But I picked it because of my painter. I was like, I go, Amy, I said, I can't look at this anymore. You're going to have to help me out. So she's like, well, this one's good, but I think this one looks better with your wall that we just painted. And, you know, I'm like, just that's good. Yeah, let's just do it. That's yeah, good. you got to refer to the professional sometimes. She's good. I got to tell you, she yeah. was a blessing to me. Back months ago, back way back at the beginning of the summer last year, the lady up the street referred her to me. She's just a private contractor. She works all by herself. I have have I talked about her before? Uh, I think you have. Okay. So but. for anybody who's done painting in their house, if you can find somebody who can cut in between the ceiling and the wall. Right, right. You can't see that there's a, a line. You got yourself an awesome painter, and that's what she is. Yeah. She's that person. 
Very nice. So I referred her to my contractor who's doing other stuff around my house. And he's he's used her. He's like, oh yeah, she's good. And she's cheap. Yeah. I mean, for California, she, I mean, she's really reasonable. I don't I hate to use the word cheap. She's reasonable. Yeah. More than reasonable. Sounds a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, there goes the dogs. Is that gonna annoy anybody? I barely heard them. I don't think so. Oh, good. That's mostly Kona. You know, it was peaceful. It was peaceful when Loki wasn't feeling good, and now he's starting to feel good. So now he's yeah, starting well, he's to make trouble. Him. Yeah. Now he's making trouble again. Yeah. 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 So. Anyway, so you've been busy. You got a daughter married. I do. Yeah. Yes. And yes. that went really good. Yeah. Really, really well. It was a beautiful day, beautiful ceremony, uh, surrounded by friends and family. So it was, it was great. It was awesome. I'm so glad. I'm so thankful. Yeah, I didn't get a chance. You sent me the link to the, um, what do you call it? Oh, the um, couple of the videos. Pictures. Yeah, the, the pictures, pictures and the videos, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you said, it's been so like, it's been so crazy that I, I haven't even had a chance to look at them. But I do want to watch them. I want to look at it. It's not much, but well, you know, it gets you gives you a little snippet of you know what the day was like. Yeah. I did like I said, I, I did see the pictures on Facebook and I thought they were she was absolutely radiant and beautiful. Thank I you. always thought, you know what, your children are just beautiful anyway. So, you know, all three of them, I think. Oh, thank you. I think they're, so. They're beautiful. Yeah, all three of them. So because they, they look like me. Yes, absolutely. They look nothing like Cassie at all. Oh my gosh. We found it's so funny. We found uh pictures of her at the same age as Brady because everybody thinks Brady looks more like me. But when we found pictures of, of Cassie at that age, I was like, wow. Yeah. That you, you can see the resemblance really well. It was, was kind of like, whoa. It's funny. That is funny. It's funny how genetics play out. You know, yes. it really is. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, my kids are split right down the middle. Gabriel looks just like Rich. We call him Mini Rich, and then Joshua favors me. So, but then, but when Gabriel used to look at like photo albums, he thought that Joshua was him. Oh uh, yeah, because, yeah. Because of course, the second child, we all know what happens. You know, you're pouring everything into the first child. You're putting every single picture in the photo album, even the blurry ones. You don't care uh -huh. because it's a picture of that sweet, precious baby. And then the second one gets born, and you're like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't have time for that. And you know, when you're working and trying to raise kids, you know, you really don't have time for that. Yes, yes. Well, it turns out that with Brady, most of our pictures are like in our phone and stuff. And so it's not yeah. it, on an album or anything. And because we just don't, we're not in the habit of printing those things out. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of sad. It is, but I find it sad. We don't have, but, but we don't have albums. Like some people I know would put albums out and you can pull them down. We don't have that either. So, I did have that up until 2004. For 2005, I did have albums uh, actually from, I've got, oh my gosh, if, if you can only see, and I, I'm embarrassed because I'm not going to let you guys see it, but behind me is a closet and the whole top part of it is all boxes of my negatives and slides <clears throat> starting back from like 1970 oh, wow. something. Yeah. Like I start, that's why my email, which I'm not going to give that out because I don't want anybody to know my personal email, <laughs> but it has a 77 in it because um, that was the year that I remember when I first started taking pictures. Like my wow. dad introduced me to photography back in the day. And so that's why I call it what I call it. Nice. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I have, I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, I'm going to say tens of thousands of pictures. Wow. Yeah. I'm not just talking like, you know, yeah, it's a little obsessive. Well, I mean, that's what you were doing though. That's your, you're into photography. I, I am. Wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. expect anything less. 
Yeah, it got it got a little out of control when I went digital. And yeah. I'm so like, I think I'm I think, okay. So if anybody's in the restaurant business, you'll understand when I say I'm in the weeds because I am in the weeds. I can't seem to get a handle on it. And I keep saying, oh, I'm going to do that. And I never do because everything else takes precedence over that. So yeah. yeah, sad. But I one day I will. I actually gave my sons. Oh, they're actually sitting right here. So I got them these little mini photo albums. And they have a little saying on the front. And what I was going to do was try to find pictures of just me and them. So like all my pictures of just me and Gabriel will go in his photo album. And then all the pictures of just me and Joshua will go oh. in that photo. Album. So it's like a little, you know, it was a Christmas present. And yeah, as you can see, I've really been on top of it, getting those pictures printed and put in there. <laughs> well, once you do though, that's going to be, that's, that's going to be nice. Well, that's what I thought. I thought it would be a fun, of course, I, I actually bought those like, three years ago so yeah i'm yeah so if anybody is a procrastinator like i am don't don't feel bad about it it's yeah. you know let it go when you get to it you get to it it happens know. it does happen you know but don't it's not one of those three things it's not ungodly unlawful or immoral is what robert used to say so yes it's not one of those three things you're good those to i always get two out of the three I never three immoral unlawful or ungodly illegal illegal that's illegal. what it is yeah. yeah so i'm quoting robert emmett again because uh, you know he had some good stuff he did he still does he i was gonna say he still does he does yeah. i have not listened to him preach uh recently somewhere out in colorado somewhere i think he's somewhere. preaching yeah so i can't even remember the name of the church but a friend of mine sent me the link to listen it's hard it's hard it, to you know especially when there's like two hours difference you know yeah yeah it's very difficult exactly so we are going to try going to shadow mountain this weekend uh which is david jeremiah's church yeah nice. we are gonna shoot, yeah i think uh, i told rich i said i can't i can't not i can't leave san diego and not go at least to visit sure uh, and we might i don't know we might find that we like it's very similar to the old uh cbc uh -huh. their whole format <clears throat> excuse me is almost identical to them and they've got a huge orchestra it's wonderful big choir and so i think i would feel very comfortable going back there very nice. Yeah, I've heard him speak or preach uh, on the radio here in San Antonio. Uh, he's got good stuff. He is spot on all mm. the time. And I, I, even my aunt out in New Jersey listens to him, which I thought was interesting. Because she came to me and asked, it's my 92-year-old aunt. She's like, I know. She goes, do you listen to David Jeremiah? And I'm like, yes, I do. I, I, I listen to Turning Point. And she's like, she goes, I really like listening to him. I said, you know what? He's a good one to be learning from because he knows his stuff. Exactly. So, so we're going to give him a go uh, this weekend. Very so nice. I'll let, I'll let you all know next week or the week after, whatever, uh, how that went. <laughs> so, well, do you want to pray? I'm sorry. I'm, I've got the same issues you've got the, with the horse cracking voice. Uh, <clears throat> yeah yeah we'll pray and get started yes let's go ahead and do that and uh by the way everybody out there we are uh 23.1 episode 23.1 for those of you uh if you wanted to, if you were interested to know <laughs> <laughs> we always are we're always interested Thank we'll figure it out we'll get our we'll get our ducks in a row all right you ready you want to pray sure sure i'll pray okay our father lord uh what a fast couple of weeks it's been since we've been able to get together uh and what we want to do at this time lord is is pray a blessing over those that are joining us uh this week 
that are listening and joining us on our journey of reading a chapter a day. I pray a special blessing over those who have decided to walk with us and learn with us and and fellowship with us. Mm. Uh, what a special blessing that that we have to be able to do this together, Lord. And my prayer is that uh, one person uh, or millions of people, whatever it is, Lord, that your word uh, gets into the world uh, um, one moment at a time, one word at a time, one chapter at a time, Lord. I pray for those of us that are um, having uh, busy weeks. Sometimes life just gets that way. And my prayer is that no matter how busy we get, no matter what's going on, that we remember and keep you as the focus of our life. And where it doesn't make it easy, it does help when we do keep our, our center and our, our worldview on you, Lord. Thank you so much for this time that we have together. And I thank you most of all for your son who died for our sins so that we could come together and, and fellowship and, and learn and, and get closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, take us where you want us to go. Let us meet the people you want us to meet. Let us say the words you want us to say and keep us out of your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay, so what you all don't know is that there's like this little black bar that runs right across Jeremiah's face on my screen. <laughs> you all can't see it, but, and I can't get rid of it. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so uh, it's a little distracting for me, but I just wanted to be real and let y'all know that that's what I'm dealing with today. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so today's a relatively uh, short chapter. Um, and I was telling Jeremiah, I already pre-read it, uh, actually it was yesterday, um, but it's sort of a recap uh, from uh, Paul. Uh, apparently yesterday he was arrested, and uh, so today he is, uh, so I'm just going to go back one little bit, back to verse 39 uh, from chapter 21 where he says, no, Paul replied, I am a Jew and a citizen of Tarsus in Cilicia, which is an important city. Please let me talk to these people. The commander agreed, so Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. Soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd and he addressed them in their own language, Aramaic, which I believe is also Hebrew. Yeah, or Hebrew. So uh, now we're into chapter 22. And this is episode 23.1. Brothers and, uh, brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, <clears throat> listen to me as I offer my defense. When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gam Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women, and throwing them in prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from here to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, <clears throat> a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. The people with me saw the light, but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. I asked, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything you need to do. You are to do. I was blinded by the intense light and, has to, and had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, 
Brother Saul, regain your sight. And that very moment I could see him. Then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to, and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. After I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, <clears throat> hurry, leave Jerusalem for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. But Lord, I agreed. I argued, I'm sorry. They certainly know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witness Stephen was killed. I stood by and kept the coats they took off when they stoned him. But the Lord said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened until Paul said that word. Then they all began to shout, away with such a fellow. He isn't fit to live. They yelled, threw off their coats and tossed handfuls of dust into the air. Paul reveals his Roman citizenship. <clears throat> the commander brought Paul inside and ordered him lashed with whips to make him confess his crimes. He wanted to find out why the crowd had become so furious. When they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer standing there, is it legal for you to whip a, woman, a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? When the officer heard this, he went to the commander and asked, what are you doing? This man is a Roman citizen. So the commander went over and asked Paul, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I certainly am, Paul replied. I am too, the commander muttered, and it cost me plenty. Paul answered, but I am a citizen by birth. The soldiers who were about to interrogate Paul quickly withdrew when they heard he was a Roman citizen and the commander was frightened because he had ordered, ordered him bound and whipped. Paul before the high council. The next day, the commander ordered the leading priests into session with the Jewish high council. He wanted to find out what the trouble was all about, so he released Paul to have him stand before them. All right. I told you it was going to be short. Yes. So, Paul is arrested. And he asks, I guess it was the Roman soldier, if he can speak to the people. And he's speaking to them in their own language of Aramaic. Yes. So uh, I underlined in two, when they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. I did too. Um, I think that, go ahead, what are you, were you going to say something? Sorry. Well, no, I, that just shows Paul's intelligence and his education, right? That he's able to not just speak Greek, but, you know, he's he's going to lay out his whole background in this. And, and that just kind of leads to him not being just some person making things up. I mean, if you can go between the different languages and and speak intelligently, then people are going to listen. Well, and I think it shows his credibility. Uh, and because of that, they, you know, the silence was even greater because they heard their own language. Yeah. So they're going to be even more intent to hear what he has to say because he's more credible now that, you know, they can understand him. And, you know, it's not like it, it has to get translated to them. You know, I, I personally do not have, uh, I'm not a, a bilingual, uh, I'm, right. I speak English. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I know, like speaking to my husband, he says that because he hasn't spoken Japanese in such a long time, he uh, it's hard for him to, how did he say it? He can hear it, he can understand it, but it's hard for him to speak it, is what he said. Sure. So to answer back. So like if somebody spoke to him in Japanese, it, it's very easy for him to listen to it, but to converse is not easy for him. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so that I started with that and then 
uh, I went into when he starts to speak of his past. I underlined, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way. And we all know that the way is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Right. Uh, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. Did you have any of that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So he's kind of given his background, right? Right. Right. And I think, too, he's trying to relate to the crowd. Like, I, I you know, I'm, I'm like you. I've been in this position. This is my experiences are the same as yours. Right. Well, and those are the so the people that uh, are arresting him are the the leaders, the Jewish leaders. Right. Got him arrested. And so he's saying, like you said, uh, you know, I'm just like you. I was very zealous and I was very, you know, uh, quick to arrest those who were trying to teach a different way, even though it was the right way. Right. So. And then I thought this was kind of cool. I underlined in chains way back at the bottom where it says, um, for I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the, of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. And I thought that was kind of like a foreshadowing of what's going to happen to him. I think because he gets put into chains, right? Yeah, he does. So I think uh, I just thought that was kind of like a like I did it to them and now it's going to happen to me sort of that's what I was thinking I mean that yeah. may or may not be and then I think between six I mean I did some underlining did you get anything well no because it's he's kind of just rehashing his conversion experience yeah you know um, and again it's it's what what I like about Paul is how he lays out his arguments and how he how he talks to people, how he writes to people is just it's it's very interesting. And and I just the guy's he's a smart guy. Smart he's, guy. He is smart. He yeah. You know. So he does go through the whole, you know, I uh, he uh, he uh, encounters Jesus asking him why is he being persecuted? And he doesn't know who he is, but then, you know, Jesus reveals himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, he's asking, what do I do? And he's like, well, get up and go to Damascus. And he says uh, he was blinded by the intense light. He meets up with Ananias, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Ananias says, brother Saul, regain your sight. And and in that moment, he could see. Right. And then God uh the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak for you are to be his witness. And that's basically what Paul has been doing throughout this whole chapter. I mean, this whole book. Right. Um, so uh, for you are to be his witness. What uh, what are you waiting for? He's like, get up, get moving, you know, absolve yourself of your sins and and, you know, start preaching the word. And then if you move down into 21, where he talks about how God sent him out to be a witness to the Gentiles. And he said that many times throughout this whole, the book of Acts. And he says, go for, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And the crowd listened until Paul said that word. And and the word was the right Gentiles. And they got mad. Right. Yeah. so, and that just makes me think of, you know, it's, it's just pure racism. Pretty much. You know, and um, just fascinating how that one word turned the crowd in, like instantly. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's strange, I guess. To me, anyways. It is strange. I mean, it only took one word. Yeah, I mean, he, he was going along just fine, and it seemed like they were getting it. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you know, God told me to go take care of the Gentiles, and they're like, what? Yeah, and yeah. it was like 180. They went the other way. So then they 
they, you know, they yell, they throw out their coats, they're throwing dust in the air. I don't get all that stuff. Yeah. But they did it. And then uh, the commander brought Paul inside, ordered him lashed with whips to make him confess his current crime. And I guess because he's a Roman citizen, now this is stuff that you and I are not versed in, I think, Correct. because yeah. we're not, you know, we're not Bible scholars and we tell everybody that. So I don't know what the significance of that is, but um, I I kind of think maybe that since it was the Jew- Jewish leaders that brought him or arrested him, that those leaders have to get the permission since he's a Roman citizen, they have to get the permission of the Romans before they can, I guess, enact justice or th- their justice on him. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, yes, they were the ones that brought him in, and you can't just, you know, start whipping, I guess, a Roman citizen just willy-nilly. They have to be brought up on trial before you can start, you know, doing any punishment. Right. Right. So, okay, I get that. And so he sort of, uh, he's, oh, I thought it was kind of interesting. The guy was like, I am too, and it cost me plenty. So he had to buy himself yeah, a Roman citizen, right? right? But Paul says, I am a citizen by birth. I was born here, you know, so uh, so that kind of turned it for him. And then it says at the very last uh, um, sentence, so he released Paul to have him stand before them. So I think we're going to go into his uh, trial in the next chapter is what yeah. I'm thinking is what's going to happen. So, but that won't be until Monday when we all do it together That's or right. by my, well, I'll do it by myself. You're going to be off on vacation. So, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> it's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is just so cool. I mean, this is stuff I don't remember. This is my second time reading through the, the new Testament. And I don't remember any of this stuff from the first time around. So this is um, all fresh for me. I think it's kind of cool. Awesome. Hearing about Paul. And the other thing, and I mentioned this, uh, I think a couple of uh, episodes ago, um, I wanted to remind everybody that the book of Acts is written by Luke. Uh, and, And I noticed that, I think it was in chapter, it was in chapter 20, and then again in 21, where Luke starts to reveal that he is the writer of this because he keeps saying, we gathered, we met, um, and so it was us and we was uh, um, the pronoun that he kept using, which wow. I thought was cool that he, it, it indicates that, that Luke has been with Paul this almost this entire time, I think, you know, and, and I was questioning that, who was the witness that was writing this? But it it was very evident when I started reading uh, in chapter 20. So just wanted to remind everybody of that. So, well, good stuff. Um, and so in the um, uh, in the way of Paul, we're going to give everybody the opportunity um, to, if you haven't accepted Christ and have, have not become a, a follower of Christ, we will give you that opportunity now. Um, I say it every day. It's not a magic prayer. Um, I, you know, it's not through me. It's through you, the listener, uh, believing in your heart, saying it out loud, um, and accepting uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So uh, we will say the prayer. And if you're a believer, feel free to say it as well to reaffirm uh, your belief. Heavenly Father, Holy God, today I put my trust in you. I am not perfect and know I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. I thank you for the sacrifice of your one and only son, Jesus Christ. It's his perfect blood that covers all of my sins, past, present, and future. On this day, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So if you said that for the first time, uh, Jeremiah and I encourage you to find a church, uh, find a pastor, um, you know, find direction and get involved. Um, Mark it in your Bible that today was the first day that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have a new life. 
and uh, welcome into the brotherhood and sisterhood of, of Jesus. I mean, it's a new life, right? It's it's brand new. It's you still got some of the stuff you got to the baggage you got to take care of, but you know, leaning on Christ does help. Yeah, it does. It does help. It, it really does. Having a relationship, and that's what he wants. You know, he wants you to have a relationship, which is uh, part of what I was indicating yesterday and we're going to talk about that today as well when we do the little things we're going to talk about the little things so uh do you want to introduce it or do you want me to introduce it i want you to introduce it because you kind of did but i don't know exactly what we're talking about okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i got the gist of it but i was like what and that's what I love about you, Jeremiah, because you tell me exactly what's on your mind. <laughs> so, uh, so everybody out there, uh, the little things today is about um, being, I wrote it on my little notebook here so I didn't forget, uh, being selfless in a selfish world. And uh, Jeremiah and I were talking about this earlier. Um, and I was, uh, and I mentioned yesterday about how my friend's uh, cousin had passed away, uh, and I don't know if I actually went into the, the whole story, but basically uh, a person stepped out in front of her while she was driving, and she hit them in an intersection. She was on her way to work. She got out, obviously, because you're not supposed to just hit and run people, obviously, um, and she was trying to help them, and while she was trying to help them in doing a selfless act, she got hit by not the first car, the second car, who didn't see why the first car swerved. And with that, she ended up, uh, she's actually right now on life support and they are harvesting her organs, which I didn't tell you about uh, earlier, <clears throat> which she's an organ donor. You know, this that is a selfless act um, in a selfish world. People are selfish and un it's unfortunate and it makes me sad uh, that that's the kind of world we live in, but you know, I, I'm selfish. I, you know, in some things I, I have to say, there's some things that I want and I want to get done my way. And you know, who isn't selfish? You know, let's let's be honest. Right, right. And that's what I was gonna say. go ahead. One, sorry, that's one of the the toughest things I think for me personally is remembering always to be selfless. Yeah. You know, because it is a you know I do, and. <clears throat> It's certain things. I'm not selfish in everything, but there are certain, I guess, trigger words or trigger actions that, you know, I can revert to selfishness rather quickly. Yeah. And uh, it's it's not always easy to be selfless. And sometimes it's not until after the moment that I'm like, ooh, yeah, maybe I should have done this instead or said this instead and reacted a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but to me, I mean, you know, and I, I think, I think I am pretty selfless. I try to be conscious of that. I do try to put other people first in most situations, not all situations. I'm not sure. perfect, you know. Yeah. But I do try to think in that, you know, terms, you know, they say, you know, oh, you should be Jesus, you know, be Jesus. Well, you can't be Jesus. You can be an example of Jesus, but nobody can be Jesus. It's impossible. You can't do it. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. So you cannot ever be Jesus, but you can be an example of his love and uh, and try to be as selfless as he was, because that was obviously the ultimate uh, sacrifice and the ultimate um selfish selflessness so um but that that was uh one of the things i was thinking about um you know and we don't know that was the other thing i, I think i brought up <clears throat> nobody's guaranteed another minute right. another second and obviously whatever it was for whatever reason you know that god thought this was the moment to take her we don't know and her you know he knew that she was an organ donor, and so that might have that might have been the catalyst to get her organs to whoever it was that needed it. Mm -hmm. Which is what I was trying to say to my friend, you know, her cousin. I said maybe there's some, you know, veteran 
who lost their vision in some war. Who knows? I don't know. And they were selfless, you know, out there defending our country. So in turn, her eyes might be used to, you know, give to that veteran. I don't know, you know, or maybe her heart or her kidneys or her liver, you know. Um, So one selfless act is being repaid, I guess, or another, you know, but we don't know what God's plan is. We don't know what his... um, his ultimate, you know, we don't, we don't know, but we can only trust in him. He is sovereign and, uh, you know, he, he knows better than we do. So. Yeah. And sometimes we never know. And, you know, honestly, what right do we have to know? We don't. We don't. No, we don't. So, and we won't know until we get to heaven. Yeah. Until we find out from him what exactly. (laughs) There are a lot of questions I got. I don't know if I'm going to have the opportunity to have them answered, but there are certainly a lot of questions I've got. <laughs> that's, you know, there's so many things we don't understand. Like, because what pops in my mind is like, am I really even going to be concerned with these things once I get there? Like, it bothers me now, but like when I get there, am I really going to think about these things or am I going to be just in his glory and that's what's going to matter? Well, that's the other thing, you know, it's like, <laughs> or are you so like captivated in that moment? you know, where you get to see, you know, Jesus and you're just like, like in that second, it's like, okay, I totally forget. But then like later on, like maybe like, (laughs) you know, what I understand is that, you know, you're going to have a job in heaven. It's not like you're going to sit around playing harps, floating around on clouds. You're going to have a job is what I understand. So like, you know, if you're doing your job, you know, whatever it is, maybe you're basket weaving or something, you know, and it's like, do you start thinking about like, why did he do that? You know, it's like, for me, I got to tell you, I would like to personally find Eve and tell her how ticked off I am at her for what she did. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's childbirth good. was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd really like to give her a piece of my mind, but oh. there's no, but there's no sorrow in heaven. There's right. no anger in heaven. So am I actually going to be able to say those things to her? <laughs> You can say them in love. <laughs> anyway, but, so being selfless in a selfish world, you know, think of others, you know. Yeah. I mentioned to you earlier about being courteous while you're driving, uh, you know, allowing people to, you know, cut in front of you, you know, things like that. Don't get road rage, you know, we've heard horror stories. You know, I remember being in Texas and there, you know, people freely get to you know drive around with firearms and you know stuff happens you don't want that to happen and you know be selfless you know if you're at the checkout try to let people go in front of you if you only got a couple of things or you know i remember some lady couldn't pay for her groceries i wasn't quick enough on the draw the person in front of me got to it before i did Uh i would have loved to help her you know right you know, buying the Starbucks for the person behind you, you know, things like that. I mean, that's, you know, it's a catalyst and it, and it kind of cascades and, you know, what is it paying it forward? Yeah. yeah. Right. Paying it and forward. I just find it so amazing. It's like the, it's the little things sometimes that really make a difference in people's lives and selfless acts don't have to be something traumatic or anything but it's just like you're saying those examples of little things and the impact it'll have on people we we could never see and you know it i just it goes back to the bible just being basic like look just do the things that in love do these things in love and you'll be okay it is true it is absolutely well and i just read that today i'm reading right now in uh, uh samuel uh, he's talking about David and this is stuff that I didn't know anything about. So apparently Saul's, uh, son, Jonathan became really good friends with David and Jonathan, and he loved each other so much that Jonathan was willing to kind of separate himself from his father, Saul, who was evil and trying to kill David. And, and the very last line of the chapter where he saves David, Jonathan's, you know, spares David, gets him away from Saul. 
but it says uh, Jonathan loved David more than himself, mm. which is what Jesus says is love your neighbor as yourself more than yourself. And so that's exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it just goes to show you how tied in the Old Testament and the New Testament are to each other where, I mean, I can, and again, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm just reading through the Bible one chapter at a time. Mm -hmm. And this, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's just, I'm getting these little nuggets that, you know, and that's what God does. Yeah. You know, God is like, and that's the other thing too. I'm not trying to get on my pulpit here, but, uh, I, you know, God wants a relationship with us. And when you start to build on that relationship with him, you've got that, you know, vertical going with him. You're going to have a good relationship with people horizontally down here on earth. That's what's right. going to happen. Your heart just like you just feel more love towards everybody else. But God wants that, you know, he wants you to love him. He wants you to respect him and he wants you to be in his will. And having a relationship, through, and the only way to have a relationship with them is a through prayer, but reading his word. Right. I mean, those are the those are two huge things. So again, going back to Robert Emmett, read your Bible, do what it says. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. Exactly. Well, I don't mean to beat a dead horse. Hopefully, I'm not. But it's the little things. You said that it is the little things, and that's, that's what. That's what we do. We talk about the little things. There you go. So, well, I think that's about it for us, right? I think so. I think so. We want to thank everybody for joining us today and reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, email us, Lorraine at leapoffaithpodcast.org and Jeremiah at leapoffaithpodcast.org. Uh, let us know what's going on. Yeah. All right. Well, then we will, I will see everybody on Monday. Yep. And uh, everybody out there, God bless you. Have a great day, great morning, what an evening, whatever time it is that you get a chance to listen or watch us. So take care and we'll see you Monday. See you next week.